Gamers, it's Pokey time. This is what's your favorite Pokemon and then I say something nice about you. Hashtag Wiffapatasane. Obviously, that's what it is. I should have even had to say it. You, you get it. It's a podcast where we all get to think about Pokemon for a little while and nothing else. I'm Eric Silver, and I like my candies medium, not rare. If you get them well done, you're a monster. And not a pocket monster, just a regular monster. And I hate you. Today on the show, we have one of my newest and goodest friends. It is Bria Davis. Yay. Hi, Bria. Hello. It's me. Hooray, the studio it's audience. Is yeah, I clapped for myself. It's just for us. Yeah. Doesn't you need did to the beam. audio. You did bubble beam, and then everyone was like, oh, what a good, what a good yeah, thing you did. Yeah, I performed for the contest. Everybody yes, cheered. Exactly. All I've ever well, you wanted. did. You did put your hair up in three separate bows to look as cute as possible. Oh, so that was really good. If only I don't even have one bow. I can't even remember if that's one of the things you can do. And also, Bria, it's a podcast. You can say you're wearing whatever you that's, want. That's true. That's the I'm whole point honest. of doing podcasts. For example, I. I'm wearing one of those NASCAR suits. Yeah. Like Jeff Gordon. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sponsored by Tide, and but you can see it on my suit. Yeah, it's right, it's right there. Um, it's bright red, which I really appreciate because it's like the red of the Pokeball. And I wow. am fully dressed up as Batman. Nice. Mask and all. Makeup all over. We love it. Where is your microphone that you can speak so clearly into it? It's right here. Oh, I meant uh, in your in your ma- in your mask. Oh. Um, that's a trade <laughs> Bria, did secret. You forget we were in the, did you forget that we were in the middle of We were of in joke? the fiction? No, I got, I yeah. got lost in the sauce. It's <laughs> like, it I just want to do a, a good job for my friend, Eric. You are. It's like a professional hazard for you to get lost in the sauce. So I think that that's okay. That's true. It's man, <laughs> It's truly mandatory. All right, Bria, I'm going to ask you some questions about your relationship to Pokemon. Okay. And then we are going to talk about who your favorite Pokemon is. How do you feel about that? I love it. I'm excited. Let's go. All right. All right, Batman. Um, <laughs> I'm, ba- I'm Batman. I'm Batman. I'm Batman. No, I'm Batman. Uh, so, uh, hey, Batman, what's your relationship to Pokemon been through your life? Let's just set set a foundation. Yeah. Um, pretty good. Big, big Pokemon <laughs> fan in this house. I would rate our relationship a 9 out of 10. Um, I... Pokemon is probably the series that I have played the most of. And mm. up until a few years ago was the only group of games that I'd ever finished, like played to completion. Mm. Crystal was my first and I still love it to this day. I think Ruby is my favorite. Mm. I collected a bunch of cards, never played, only wanted them for accolades and adoration and jealousy from other kids in the playground. Sure. I had a five-tier organization system. Half, I sh- not in the past. Half, my cards are still organized and in a binder downstairs in my living room. Incredible. Like all kids, I dreamed of a future in which I could just run around with big monsters that shoot fire out of their mouths and mm-hmm. fly and stuff. And I was like, man, that's it. I love that. Give me some more. Watched a lot of the anime. Watched a lot of the movies. Love the movies still. They're terrible. Oh, sure. I feel like I fell off of the movies and the anime, like, after 
um, the Kanto region. Yeah. You know? It's like, oh, you guys are doing some other stuff. I'm going to keep playing playing the games a lot, but like, I just cannot follow. For my birthday, I actually watched the first Pokemon movie oh. in a theater that I rented out for me and my friends. Oh, what a delight. Did you cry? It, I didn't cry wow. because Cold. it was more fun watching Ash get his ass kicked by Mewtwo constantly. <laughs> That's fair. It was awesome. That's it was just awesome. Fair. Just bodied by Mewtwo, punched into the Absolutely. Earth. Like, Mewtwo, Mewtwo in Super Smash Bros. was in Pokemon the first movie. Yes. It's him from Smash Bros. Yeah. It was wild when he came. He did the screamer on Ash. It was it was wild. Yeah, he got, it's Mewtwo <laughs> with a metal chair. Just takes him out. Yeah. Uh, exactly. I made it to the, the Latios and Latios movie, I think, is as far as I got in the movie series. It was like Celebi. And then, like, yes. Latios and Latios, and then, I guess, I don't know, I went to college or something, I forgot my no, roots. No, that's fair. I also, I definitely, this is a confession, I'm turning this into a, a into a confession, I yeah, am the Team Rocket of some poor boy out there in the world. <laughs> when I went to summer camp, there was this kid that I hated, he was very annoying, and um, one day I did just steal all of his Game Boy games. Whoa, um, that's like gold at summer camp. Yeah, I, I was acting out. <laughs> I was too good at following rules, <laughs> and I was like, I need to feel something. So um, I did. If you're out there, Guy, his name was Guy. Um, oh, my God. Sorry for stealing your Pokemon Red, Yellow, Gold, Silver, Sapphire, Emerald, Leaf Green, and Game Shark. Sorry. Oh my, that's truly a villain move. Holy yeah, shit. Yeah, he deserved it though, I promise. Oh, I, listen, you know, I I will never underestimate summer camp bullies, but like, you burned his house down, yeah, metaphorically. You John Wicked him, I it did. was tight. I showed up in a giant Meowth air balloon, <laughs> and I took his stuff, and I brought it back to Giovanni, and I said, this kid deserved it. Yeah, and Giovanni's like, hey, what are you doing? Where's what? Pikachu? <laughs> I send the Pikachu to the moon. Incredible. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I have a next question, but I actually can, I know the answer to this question because uh, I'm watching you in your Batman suit. I We have a video up on the video call that we're using. What is the closest piece of Pokemon merch that you have to you? I have a number of things. Like what, what is, okay, what's the closest or is it all behind you? It's all behind me. Oh, okay. Let me okay, get okay. out of the way. I have uh, a weighted Jigglypuff plush in this weird hole in my wall that's hard to it's, describe for the it listeners. It looks so comfortable. It's like a little cubby that you stuffed like a deflated uh, mm. um, uh, beanbag chair into. Yeah. I sit in there sometimes. It's my special quiet place. <laughs> sure. I also want to emphasize that you are touching the Jigglypuff without getting out of your chair. It's with true. A ver- you're barely, barely arcing your back at all. And it is uh, wearing a My Chemical Romance hat, which I think <laughs> adds to the mystique of the sleepy Jigglypuff. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then we have on the other side of my chair, we have uh, no, a Mudkip plush. There's a Pikachu plush around the corner. And then I have one of those, um, did you ever have the Pokeballs that you can zip and unzip and there's a Pokemon on the other side? I know what you're talking about. Yes. I have one of those plushies. And then I have a few of the like very early Pokemon manga, like comics over here. That's so cool. Nebulously in the background. 
I didn't plan this. I didn't prepare for it. It's just like that. No, that's fine. Uh, I, Bria, although you're only the second episode of wow. the rebooted with a Patasane, I will be saying this to all people. So I don't think. Excellent. Okay. I don't, though I do see how I could have told you this and be like, mm, well, I just have all of my Pokemon stuff <laughs> right here. <laughs> oh, Get fucked to Jasper. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Here's my. Uh, Tupperware of mini plastic Pokemon that I used to play with in the shower when I was a child. <laughs> I brought them just for you, Eric. Oh, sorry. I've been eating onigiri. You know how Brock calls them donuts, jelly donuts? in the jelly donuts them? in the anime? Yes, exactly. You can't get these at Krispy Kreme. <laughs> it's because they didn't think American children would know what onigiri was in 1999. <laughs> and they were Right. I never questioned it. I was like, that is a weird jelly donut. I love it. So funny. Okay, perfect. So we, we know what your feelings are. Jigglypuff is there holding you down. Yeah. Uh, and you will and you will go into the city to see a marching band with yes. Jigglypuff after this? Yes, absolutely. Okay. Uh, so now it is time for me to ask you the very important question. Bria, yes. who is your favorite Pokemon? Well, Eric, that's a great question. Uh, there are a lot of good Pokemon out there. I found it really hard to narrow down, but I think for today, my favorite is going to be my perfect emo prince, Mightyena. Incredible choice. Thank uh, you. Out of all that, you gave me a list of probably 15 Pokemon. Yes. Uh, <laughs> and then you gave me a tier of your top three. And I'm so surprised that Mightyena came out on top. Because uh, you just don't think of it being like, because it's just kind of a wolf slash hyena slash dog. <laughs> yeah. So I'm just, I'm surprised and I really want to get into it. But first and foremost, can why why do you like it? He's a funny little guy. He's got some baggage. <laughs> and I'm like, girl, me too. <laughs> I think listen, I grew up I grew up as a wolf girl. Sure. I haven't changed. I love a dog. I love a big dog. I love the concept of dark type moves in Pokemon, even though they yes. are not always like the best when it comes to like type matchups. They look cool and they feel yeah. cool, and I respect them. You know, it's brave no. to pick a Pokemon that isn't the strongest. I think. No, I mean, like, but I think about this a lot because I all I do to calm down after looking out at the world mm -hmm. is watch Pokemon Nuzlocke. YouTube yes. videos yep. and speed runs. So I'm just like, yeah, absolutely. Or like, uh, you, do you know Iron Mon that's going on right now? No. The Iron Mon series? What is this? Oh, it's wild. Someone made like a Pokemon randomizer, which randomizes everything about Pokemon. Oh, like yes. Any, you can get any Pokemon at any time, and they have a random set of moves, and any trainer can have any other Pokemon at any time. And you have to do it while only having one Pokemon of your own. Oh, and like, gosh. you can't swap them out. It's really, it's really, really fun. I'm enjoying um grand pooh bears specifically he puts out a lot of them and he's really enjoying them i'll link to them in the episode description i'll send them to great you as well, great Maria. exceptional they're, i can't they're wait. awesome so when i said all i mean dark type is always known as a really important type to have in uh nuzlocke's because they are good against so many pokemon and i'm still remembering the first time that like a pokemon used crunch on me and mm -hmm. and made me and made my pokemon flinch mm -hmm. i'm like excuse me yeah. i don't get to go just because you bit me yeah. sir 
me a little like teenager wearing my like Invader Zim hoodie, just spamming bite and crunch over and over again to beat up the yeah. people on the route is mm. the greatest joy maybe I've ever felt. That's not true. <laughs> or is it? Ooh. It could be. I mean, you're Batman, so you're still dealing with, you have a lot of trauma. That's true. We have a lot of stuff to work through in this episode. Thanks for having me. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Now that we know that Mighty Anna is your favorite Pokemon, can you describe Mighty Anna as good as possible for the audience? Because this is a audio medium. Yes. Okay. Uh, Listeners, I would like you to close your eyes and picture a big dog. It's gray and black. It's got a big black stripe all the way down through its tail. It's got red and yellow eyes. It looks like a dog. It's got big ears. And now I want you to put yourself in the moment where you're staring at this dog. Are you ready, Eric? Do you pick? Do you picture the dog? I am. It's beautiful. Quietly through the trees, you hear, "Where are you?" And I'm so sorry. I cannot sleep. I cannot. I dream cannot dream tonight. tonight. Yeah, and that's that's my Diana for you, Bria. We have to put enough like pop punk stank on it so that people can just think it's parody and fair use yeah so we can just keep singing yeah it. you want me to try it again <laughs> you yeah. want me to take it stankier <laughs> yeah can you give it to me stankier yeah let me channel let me talent channel the blink 182 mighty Anna energy you got it where are you <laughs> and i'm so sorry was that good is that stanky enough? Sorry, let me just make it a little stankier. Yeah. Um, we can be like Jack and Sally <laughs> if we want. <laughs> yeah. We can have Halloween on Christmas. <laughs> uh, I should have known this was going to be a pop punk ass episode. Yeah, you should episode, have prepared. It makes, me so ha- it makes me so happy. I wanted it. But Good. like, it's it's surprising me. It's great. Um, I think I have a little bit of an idea for the songs we're singing and your vibes <laughs> about this. But when did Mighty Anna become your first Pokemon? Do you remember the moment? Yeah, I think. I mean, I think it was when I caught a Poochiana in Ruby. Yes, yes. that's Ruby. Um, and I was like, Wow this is a little cutie. And then it evolved. And I was like, I love, I love it. I have no questions. I have no comments. Uh, Granted, every single Pokemon that hits my team, I decide I have a life bond with and would die for. Uh, But the Mighty Hunter just really spoke to me. I'm interested in this whole thing because, like, they really went hard on dog Pokemon in the most recent stuff. Like, behind all the glitches, there were six new dog Pokemon, like, straight up dog-looking-ass dog. And they're cute, but, like, you know, I always get confused about Pokemon that look like animals. Mm -hmm. And, like, I get it because, like, animals are cute and that's why we're playing Pokemon because we like animals. Yeah. But, like, I really want to get into, like, why Mighty Anna is good specifically as opposed to just, like, dog. Hear me out. Please. All dog good. No, that's true. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. I don't know why I'm trying to, like, <laughs> on, a, on a show Eric called... hates dogs. It's pretty crazy. <laughs> um, oh, no. My, my Twitter's blowing up. What yeah, the, what, what the fuck happened? Canceled. Yeah. Dog hater. Oh, my God. Um, no, I don't know why I'm trying to be, like, intelligent about this on a show called What's Your Favorite Pokemon? And then I say something nice about you. Like, my dad is a great choice. I'm just... I want to know, like... Yeah, you have two wolves inside of you, and yeah. one of them is Mighty Anna. Well, I think, I, I mean, it is it is a little bit the two wolves inside of you. I think Pokemon was something that was really formative for me. And then I think Ruby ended up being my favorite game because I played it at the point where I was in that transition between, like, child and adult. 
Mm. where I felt very, I was able to engage with Pokemon in a way that as a kid, I had had a lot of fun, but wasn't, wasn't able to feel slightly uh, more mature feelings perhaps about the game that I was experiencing and what was going on in it. And also it had a whole climate change plot line that was relevant to a young politically active child. Um, (laughs) And I think in, in the peak of my wolf girl phase, emo time, burgeoning on adulthood, this like dark, but cute, like lovable Pokemon that is misunderstood because all of the villains have him, but he's so good. I can have one too. I think that just uh, on a very base level spoke to my teenage instincts. I was like, yeah, this is it. I love, I love this weird little guy. No, that's awesome. I mean, I'm also remembering, like, I think Archie had a really powerful Mightyena. Yeah. The big, the big Team Magma or Team Aqua boss had a really powerful Mightyena on the top of the, that mountain, and it was really hard to beat. Yes. Okay. So, okay, I'm getting it. It's yeah. a real, real yeah. fucking flex. And it looks cool. You know, it does. That. <laughs> now every Pokemon looks cool. That much is true. No, that's fair. I mean, if you came on here and said, I like a palm, I like a monkey with a hand, I'd be like, no, okay, never mind. All right, we're going to end this episode early. I'll see you later. I actually, yeah, I, the nice thing I can, my mom always told me, if you don't have something nice to say, then don't say it. So this episode yes. of What's Your Favorite Pokemon? And then they say something nice about you is over. Someone rolls up and is like, my favorite Pokemon is Jinx. And you're like, gotta go. Mm. Mr. Mime? I don't no. trust like that. I uh, know it's a fancy. Uh, I like Mr. Rhyme because I want Mr. Rhyme to be even fancier. That's yes. what I want. Mr. Rhyme yeah. can hang. Mr. Mime can hang. No, absolutely. Mr. Mime can get absolutely fucked. Yeah. Uh, a- all amen. Right. <laughs> all right, Bria. Well, do you want to know what inspired your Pokemon's creation? I do. Okay. Can I guess? Please. Is it a type of dog? It is a type of dog, but it's actually a little bit more specific than that. Ooh. So Mightyena's design appears to be based on a hyena, possibly a brown hyena, and shares some similarities with wolves. It's not just straight, straight wolf. It's not straight wolf or straight not hyena. S- I respect that. It's bisexual wolf and hyena. <laughs> Yeah. The design may also have been influenced by the German Shepherd and the Australian Kelpie, which are breeds of dogs that are heavily influenced by their owners. Because there's a lot of, like, the Mighty Yenna being incredibly loyal that's in the Pokédex entries. Yeah. Yeah. That's... uh, Kelpies are so cute. They are. (laughs) But associating Uh, with German Shepherds, every time time I see a Mighty Yenna now, I'm going to be like, is that going to get hip problems? Is he doing okay? Because that's all I think about when I see German Shepherds, the sweet, sweet babies. I just love the idea of you going up to a Mighty Anna and Pokemon being like, does your Mighty Anna have hip problems? Are you taking is care of your okay? Mighty Anna's joints? <laughs> <laughs> You should go to a Pokemon uh, chiropractor. You should go to a Pokemon chiropractor for that. We we used to take one of our dogs to a chiropractor for her her hip problems. Oh my so, god! <laughs> um, it seemed to help her. <laughs> it was a while Good. ago, so it could help the sweet sweet mighty Anna with hip dysplasia <laughs> because of its breeding. I don't know. <laughs> Unlike what people are saying, I don't hate dogs, so I think that's a good use of time and money. So Excellent. that's great. Okay. That's good. <laughs> Despite the rumors that you may have heard, Despite big dog rumors. fan, take them to a chiropractor and have their backs adjusted. I love it. They think there are yeah. ghosts in the bones. It's cool. It's ghosts awesome. in the bones? Yeah. Chiro- the history of like chiropractory is 
challenging <laughs> to oh, dive into. Yes. Yeah. Yes, no, that's true. I just didn't know if like an animal chiropractor was more legit because they were like mm. just a vet. Like it's just yeah. it's really just a type of vet and you can't be like a snake oil salesman for animals because they don't have any money. They don't so have any you money. Can't fraud, They're poor. You can't defraud them. Why don't you get a job? You stupid little mighty <laughs> So that's why I thought it was a little more legit, just because of the dog. Maybe. I'm I'm not qualified to speak on this, only on silly little Pokemon. <laughs> that's fair, that's fair. Um, obviously the name Mariana, it's kind of a combination of the word mighty and hyena. Mm -hmm. Just shout out to the English translators mm -hmm. at Pokemon Corporation. Um, but the Japanese name is, uh, Graina, which is a combination of grand growl and hyena, which I think is pretty cool. Yeah, that's very cute. I like that. Yeah. A grand growl. Grand grand. Hello. My name is... Is that what you call your grandfather? My yeah, grand there's, my grand, there's my meat mop and my grand growl. Please, my father was grand growl. <laughs> call me growl. <laughs> fucking stupid. All right, Bria, can you tell me a fun fact about my Diana? I can, yes. Uh, you alluded to this a little bit, but my Diana's historically in like Pokedex entries are very, very loyal. But mm. more than that, a lot of them note that Mightyena only respect trainers that they believe are like the most powerful. Uh, and what I think that translates to is that Mightyenas are a poor judge of character. Fair, fair. Yeah, team team because magma. So, yeah. So many grunts have them. I know. And those grunts were very powerful because I blasted right through them in Pokemon Ruby, you know? Yeah. I'm convinced that people join Magma and Aqua for the sweatshirts. Yeah, they're cool. They're so cool. Like, whenever people cosplay them or, or go as Halloween costume, I'm like, where did you get that? And then it's always like, oh, on Etsy, I spent $500. And I'm like, I don't have $500 for a crop top sweatshirt, my guy. I'm sorry. Are you sure? What if it's a really cool crop top sweatshirt? <laughs> Let's think about this. Mm, mm, mm. Interesting, interesting. Maybe like 200 Okay, maybe 200 That's All right, good. all right. Okay, uh, can I tell you a fun fact about my Diana? Please. Okay, so I have a few. Yeah. And I think that I, I there's a few things that I need to run by you. All right. Um, I always prepare a few because I want to make sure I don't have the same one as you. So I have three. Did you know in the Lentil region where new Pokemon Snap is set, uh, m you can take a photo of a Mighty Yenna preying on a furret? No, I did not know that. But I am. Uh, we when you're done with your facts, I do think we need to dig into the idea that. They have canonized that Pokemon eat other Pokemon then with, with praying and hunting. Yeah, it's weird. They don't really get into it in the other games, but they're really trying to flex on it in the Pokemon Snap series, especially in the new one, where it's like, no, this is a nature documentary. But as I say on the show constantly, Game Freak has not reckoned with any of the world building choices None. they've made. Zero ramifications for any of their Zero. decisions. Zero. Like, not even even the breeding program of like of imagining different types of Pokemon hooking up and then making babies yeah. and they all lay eggs? Excuse me? <laughs> the eggs doesn't even negate the idea that they do have to hook up at the daycare center. Like, that doesn't even answer 
Yeah. It doesn't answer the questions I have, Game Free. Exactly. It's not like, oh, it's not like animal husbandry. First of all, this isn't Civilization Four. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> and this isn't like helping a cow hook up with another cow right. at your farm. This is like watching a Zangoose like hook up with a Squirtle or something. I don't know if they're the same egg type, but you know, it's not even like they're the, the it's not like the egg types are so narrow yeah. that it there, can it's get, not it can get weird. rowdy. It can get rowdy at the daycare center. I would <laughs> Gross, love. I would love a game that is just the management of a daycare center oh, uh, sure. for like one of the employees. You have to like put out the food and the water and play with the the Pokemon in the yard, and then also, oh no, oh god! Uh oh! Whoops! Whoops! Uh oh! <laughs> Gotta go! Get away from there! <laughs> They're holding hands and they made an egg. Uh, okay, my second fun fact, because I don't want to think about this anymore. Yeah, that's fair. Wipe it, is, wipe it clean. <laughs> is that Pooch... Uh, Pooch is it also Poochiana or is it Poochiana? I've always said Poochiana, but uh, I won't correct you either way. No, I just wanted to check. Misha, take this out so I don't look dumb. Thank you. Misha, All right. leave it in so Eric looks dumb. No! Uh, Poochiana and Mightyena are the first pure dark Pokemon introduced that was not an evolution, which I always thought was wild. So yeah. your first time of seeing – so Poochiana and Mightyena are in Gen 3. In Gen 2, they introduced the dark type Pokemon mm -hmm. and dark moves like Bite and Crunch as we were talking about. Here are the Pokemon that were introduced in Gen 2. Umbreon. Yeah. Which, as the evolution, was the, the only other straight-up dark type. And then Murkrow, which is just a crow. It's just a crow with a weird hat. <laughs> with a weird hat. Sneasel, who who is a mouse I do not want near me at all, any at all times. No. Um, Houndor and Houndoom, which are hellhounds, but dark... Fire, um, right? Yeah, dark fire. Yes. And then Tyranitar, which is understandably tight as hell, but dark ground. So it's like they weren't fully committed to the dark type yet. It was it was the the darkness was part of the character, but not the whole character. And then they made right. Mighty Anna different. Mighty Anna and Poochyana are just all darkness. They're like, yeah, yeah. I was going to make a silly reference. I'm not going to do it. I'm going to breeze right by it. No, do it. Make the silly reference. I was going to say that they're like Ebony Darkness Dementia Raven Way. <laughs> who is the protagonist of My Immortal, the fan fiction. Yeah, yeah, that was a silly reference. It was silly. I, I probably shouldn't have done it. I did psychic but, damage to myself more than to anyone else, so it, it was not worth it. It's okay. I'm going to pivot really hard into my third fun fact, which I now that you're on here and we did already sing a bunch of pop punk and you made it a My Immortal reference, yeah. I need to talk to you about... Tr dark type trainers in the Pokemon series. Yes, it's, this is related to Mighty Yenna, but it's not the same. You had already said that a lot of the majority of dark type Pokemon are through Team Rocket, so there's actually only a few straight up gym leaders uh, and Elite Four members who are dark type. Yeah. And I just need you to look at all of them and see if you notice something similar about all of them. Can you uh, I, can you identify some some uh, qualities that are similar between um, Karen from Elite from the Elite Four of Gen Two, Sydney of Gen Three, Grimsley of Gen Five, Nanu of Gen Seven, uh, Marnie and Piers from Gen Eight, and Gia Giacomo from uh, Gen Nine? <laughs> well, hey, can you, what's similar about all these fucking guys? Well, none of them can dress well. <laughs> That's the first what? one. <laughs> Yeah, no, that's fair. Um, they're all 
very white. They're all very white. That's true. That's true. And their hair is challenging on every single step of the way. <laughs> yeah. So you identified the first and third quality together. They all look, they're all pop punk freaks. They are all what... pop punk freaks. <laughs> Marty, Marty's the closest to okay, I will allow. Yeah. Nanu is like an old, an old punk that like doesn't consider pop punk part of no. The like emo sphere, they like Nanu only listens to like Green Day and um The Offspring and Marnie sure. is like all time low is the love of my life and they do not yeah. agree. Nanu only only listens to the Pretenders and yes. the Misfits yes. before they were in Hot Topic, and that's why he moved to Hawaii to get over because his scene collapsed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Grimsley is more like a like a blood on the dance floor energy. I feel like. Yeah, and uh, Sydney is just a freak. Yeah, Sydney. We don't talk about Sydney. <laughs> we just, we're not we don't. Sydney. We don't look at Sydney. We don't think about Sydney. <laughs> And now Giacomo is like whatever's happening when Machine Gun Kelly is saying that Pop Punk is coming yeah, back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I don't listen. Pop Punk and Ska are still around now. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about like who people who were once white rappers and now yeah. in Pop Punk. That's truly who Giacomo is. I I think you're completely correct. I agree and I respect it. Thank you. Respect the claim, not not Machine Gun Kelly. No, no not I'm Machine Gun Kelly. <laughs> Uh, him and Meg, he's fine. He's with Megan Fox. Yeah, They're the weird. emo girl song was fun. Yeah, it wasn't good, but it was fun. Yeah, it was. Like, he's fine. He, one devoted into to Megan Fox. Two, he's like six three. He's fine. Okay, and all he's right, so all right. rich. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's like two Mightyennas stacked on top of each other. They're about three <laughs> feet tall. Hell yeah. Even better. Oh, what a good doggy. What a good doggy. He's a good pup. He's a good doggo. Look at his toe You got a lot. Hey, it's Eric, and I picked up some snacks for the mid-roll of Games and Feelings. I got wings. Now, I did have them for my Super Bowl party, but not for my board game party. So everyone, please wash your hands after you eat the wings. Thank you. You should absolutely become a patron of the Games and Feelings Patreon at patreon.com slash gamesandfeelings. I have officially told Jasper that the goal is to come to his house and bother him. So it is now a goal on the patron website. And Amanda and I are still churning out the replay, the exclusive podcast on the Patreon feed that is better than ever. We currently have an update. The most recent episode is an update for a previous episode with surprise surveillance, Mormons, and gambling. And you don't want to miss that. Also, a special shout-out to producer-level patrons Polly Burridge, Kelsey Duffy, and Megan Moon, who might watch the Super Bowl just for the commercials, but are respectful of the folks watching the game. If you want to hear your name read every single episode, get the exclusive podcast. Go to patreon.com slash games and feelings. You should also check out the other shows that are part of the Multitude Collective, like Head, Heart, Gut, the exclusive podcast of the Multicrew. Every month, we take an iconic set of three items from pop culture or the world we live in and pit them against each other. In the first three weeks, each of our contestants will present their choice, answering the questions on a definitive survey of greatness. And in week four, each contestant participates in a formal, structured debate with a judge. We have decided what is the best fruit, what is the best movie sequel, what's the best thing to do at a theme park, and so much more. Right now, the month 
uh, that's happening right now is what is the best hot beverage. I have argued for espresso, uh, which is much better than coffee because cold brew is the best version of coffee, but espresso specifically. And that has been a hoot to talk about. And in March, we are doing something extra special. So joining the multi-crew is to your benefit right now. And our gut, as I said, is exclusively for members of the Multicrew, our membership program that supports all of Multitude. Uh, if you want to check out a preview for the show, you can actually search Head Heart Gut in your podcast app for some sample episodes. You get eight episodes for free. Again, search Head Heart Gut in your podcast player for a Head Heart Gut sample and see what the Multicrew has been loving for years. We are sponsored today by Describe, a very cool company that we ran into at PAX Unplugged. They are an award-winning tabletop role-playing game publisher of descriptive text, immersive sounds, and interactive maps. So if you're looking for help to elevate your home game with incredible descriptions, thrilling music and ambiance, or a map and key, they got you covered. If you get a free membership, you get 600 totally free scenes and more released every single week. Or you can upgrade to a paid plan to access places, monsters, spells, items, illustrations, and more to make your game extra sick. Get 10% off your first payment with code JOINTHEPARTY at DSCRYB.com. Use Describe to level up your gaming experience and describe it even better. See, I just made that up. And now, back to the games. All right, Bria, I have one more question for you. Yeah. Um, If you and your Pokemon, Mightyena, were hanging out in real life and were super good buddies, what would you do together? That's a great question. (laughs) I feel like we'd just have, like, a picnic and have a nice day at the park. Throw a ball Um, around, meet some other dog-themed Pokemon, a Growlithe, uh... A Vulpix, mm. a Houndor. I'm just like, have a nice day. Meet some other dog owners. Sounds nice. I'm sure someone's done this, but like, I mean, you've seen photos of that people have taken at like their doggy daycares. Yeah. Where they take like a big photo of all of the different types of dogs there. Yeah. And I can see like Mighty Anna making direct eye contact with the camera. Yeah. As like all the other dogs, yeah, like a bunch of yampers. Yeah. It's a bunch of yampers and then and then Mighty Anna is leering at the camera. <laughs> And then, like, pet daycare person just starts sweating nervously. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, oh, my defense is going down. No. Oh, can you imagine Yampers and a Mightyena with the Zoomies just, like, running back and forth? The Yampers trying to herd the Mightyena. That's cute. This is a beautiful... You've given me a gift. That's what you get for coming on the show. I'm just here to paint Pokemon word pictures for you. I'm honored. I'm I'm (laughs) gracious and I'm thankful (laughs) Yeah. All right. Well, that's it. Uh, that's it. I, I don't have anything else to do on what's your favorite Pokemon. They say something nice about you. Oh, wait a second. Oh, no. Yes, I do. <laughs> Return reveal. Oh, no. Uh, this, <laughs> I've been it's now time for the second. <laughs> it's now time for the second part of the show where I say something nice about you. Bria, yes. um, we only met recently. Uh, at PAX Unplugged, and which was truly 
I it feels like five years ago, but I think it was like literally a month and a half ago. I think it, I think it was five years ago. No, I think you're right. We've been friends for years. <laughs> for, yeah, we've been friends for years. And I haven't been to a PAX in years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's too it's too busy. Um, but you know, listen, we vibed right away, and I'm so happy that I get to just bother you on Discord and send you all of like the Midwestern emo <laughs> YouTube videos that show up on my on my feed. Yes. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's like. I feel like because everything shut down because of the pandemic, you know, I kind of stopped making friends, both because I'm old, but also because like conventions was a really good way to do that. Yeah. And I was kind of bummed that like I didn't get the chance to do that a lot of having like people who also kind of sort of work in the same industry that I do. And then like I got the chance to meet you and it was so much fun. And immediately I was like, oh, we're similar. Yeah. We're making jokes <laughs> about the same thing. I like it. Uh, let's sit down next to each other at this Thai restaurant and just talk for a while. And just like quietly whisper gossip back and forth while everybody else makes menu decisions and has normal conversations. I, listen, that was to my benefit because I gave Amanda uh, my responsibility for ordering for me. Yes, it was forward. amazing. And she did a great it's job. It's still happening. It's still happening. So for those of you who don't know, I'm so bad at ordering food at restaurants. I always get like something bad from the from the menu. It's always like not what, it th- what I think it is or it's like always the portions are tiny like when you know like when they give you like three scallops Mm -hmm. instead of like Mm -hmm. a giant burger like amanda always orders the burger and i always accidentally order something that's like five bites of food so i gave my ordering powers over to amanda it's been working out incredibly for me amanda amanda has very good instincts i trust and i respect them and sometimes i fear them yeah. And I think that I think that Amanda would like. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I will tell Amanda that you're afraid of her power of choice. Perfect. Thank uh, you. <laughs> no, I I agree completely. Um, one of my favorite things in the world. It well, so I have two. Well, I have a lot of favorite things, but two of my favorite things in the world are getting to interact with people who are very passionate and doing the thing that they are passionate about, and mm. then also meeting another person and like realizing you are on the same like vibrational frequency like you just talk to someone and you're like oh comrade <laughs> we are one <laughs> and it was so wonderful i walked by the multitude table holding uh baseball the card game because i work on baseball and yes. i went multitude like the podcasts and you went baseball like the game and i went <laughs> Yeah, and we both were like, "Oh <laughs> and just uh, talked for a while, and it was it was so wonderful and engaging, and filled my heart up right to the top. Oh, well, I appreciate that, and yeah, no, I feel the same way, which is why I wanted you to come on because you're also another thing that I like about people is when they're incredibly good at their jobs, and you are seem to be incredibly. Uh, listen, I've only known you for a few weeks, so I'm still figuring it out. If you get canceled, yeah, it's not I'm my fault. Yeah, I bamboozled you as well. <laughs> I'm actually terrible. <laughs> yeah, is it? You are incredibly good at your job, and it just so happened that your job uh, was on hiatus for a little bit, and now you're back in a big way, figuring all of this shit out. Why don't you say specifically what your job is, and why why your job is so specifically difficult and interesting? Ah. Uh. I'll give it my best shot. I am the community director for Laceball, which is an indie browser-based video game soon coming to mobile. Ooh. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I also do some community management for young horses who made Bug Snacks and Octodad 
and other stuff here and there with assorted video game people. But baseball is the main gig. And it is uh, me and some wonderful folks trying to manage a 30,000 person discord for sort of long-term sustainability and what makes it really interesting and exciting and also challenging is that unlike a lot of other discords the blazeball discord is not just like the place that you go to hang out to talk about a game experience that you already had the way Mm -hmm. that like if you played elden ring and you went and talked to your friends about this boss that you beat the discord serves as a like supplemental experience space where people watch games together and talk strategy and do the actual gameplay participation in the context of a different platform. So we're moderating and building structure around gameplay experiences outside of the context of the site where people are experiencing them. And also we have a fandom and fandom is cool and passionate. And also the discourse. Oh boy, the discourse. The discourse. Managing so much discourse, of course. Um, There's just to give people context, because like I know a lot of folks probably who are listening are in the multitude discord, which is so sedate and so chill. chill. It's great. <laughs> so there. Chill. I go there to zone out <laughs> because y- y'all like, you know, on your discord, they, they send their dog pics and talk about food and like you're listening to the podcast and you're like, oh, yeah, this thing happened on Games and Feelings. If you do want to do that, just join the multitude discord. It's free. You can just find it on the multitude. It's great. Website. You should Please join do. it. You should. It's it's great and wonderful. Do it. Um, and do thank it. you for letting me uh, take your time to talk about the multitude discord instead. But it's like you're responding you're like hey eric said that funny thing oh lol that reminded me remind that reminded me of blank or mm-hmm. jasper said this and i also had that experience blah 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 but with blazeball for those of you who don't know it's like blazeball is so i guess minimalist is the only word for me to describe yeah. it but or it's like it's the framework of a house and so so much of the fandom is filling in the house yeah it's and a like, sketch yeah like it's about filling in the sketch and then like when your sketch bumps up against someone else's sketch because it's all valid because there is no definitive version of what Jessica Telephone actually looks like, (laughs) then we have problems. And then sometimes someone might do something that's problematic and then it's a problem. And then it's it's more problems, yes. Right. So it's like you're you're trying to get a undulating mass of creativity and energy to – I guess draw inside the lines is my best way to describe it, where the line is like societal expectation. Yeah, it's it's so interesting. Like one of our biggest goals is facilitating a space that like people feel welcome in and feel able to like express that creativity in a safe and like exciting collaborative way. And also uh, boundaries are good. Setting boundaries are good. And so much of my job, and I think every community manager's job, is like trying to communicate the purpose of a space. Like this thing that you're doing could be good, could be bad. I'm not making a moral judgment. It's just a matter of whether or not it exists in the space. And it's a lot of people who have never been moderated in any capacity Mm. uh, thinking that boundaries are like moral objections and then watching people experience the emotions of feeling like they've been told they're a bad person for doing something they love and like acclimating to a very fast paced internet space 
it's both really rewarding to make that space for people to to be able to have those experiences and sort of grow in their internet participation. And also, oh boy, everybody has so many feelings. (laughs) Me too. I have so many feelings too. (laughs) We are all just having games and feelings in here. Whoa, that's the name of the podcast. What? What? No. (laughs) (laughs) I brought it all back together. Where are you? Where are oh, you? I'm sorry, sorry. Our games and feelings. <laughs> I think the thing also, because Placeball is an incredible, truly incredible feat of like gameplay and storytelling and world building. So I think that like the people who vibe with the game, if you don't know what it is, go experience, just throw yourself, go find the website or just try to like read a Wikipedia, the Wikipedia summary of it because it makes no sense. And you're like, oh, that seems kind of interesting. And then just stumble in and you're like, oh my God, this is wild. Just join the discord and wander into a random chat and say, I'm new. And everyone will give you 800 answers about how to have fun. And the secret is none of us know what's going on. And we're all just here to have a good time. <laughs> yeah, it's like you have a Discord for like an experimental art piece. And yeah. that is so – and like the type of people who want to be in a Discord for an experimental art piece, which is why I like that you know what you're talking about in terms of this community management because you need to because it's important yeah. and good and you're good at figuring it out. Thank you. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a cool puzzle and a big challenge and I am – terrified and honored to hold that space for people at the same mm. time. Uh, it's a lot of fun and everyone's been quite good at it. So I appreciate the validation. <laughs> you are. I truly like any, if you spend time interacting and taking the brunt from teenagers, it just like hardens you to the rest of the world. You know, it does. like I feel that I feel that way just from one year of high school teaching where I'm like, hey, a kid once threatened to kill me because I told her not to get off of the Warp Tour website or the Lollapalooza website. Yeah. Like I, you, I don't care about your emails, my guy. Like, it's fine. Yeah, it, it all washes over me like ocean waves. I'm just like sitting on the beach, letting it brush over me. And I'm like, hmm. I could go for a chocolate chip cookie right now. And it's just like not even, it used to really, really weigh on me. I think you have to like, it's a muscle learning what to take on and what to let go of. Sure. And those muscles when I started were not very strong. I would lose sleep over the idea of banning someone from the discord because I was like, this is their like social space during COVID. Like I'm removing their, their opportunity to like engage with other people and find community. And I have to take this very seriously. And like, yes, uh, I do, but I should also get a full nine hours of sleep um, when making those decisions and setting those boundaries and taking care of a space. Uh, In terms of like community management and the stuff that you do, a thing that I I try to tell myself a lot is like, there's no such thing as a podcast emergency. Cause it's like, you know, it's, it's a piece of online I hate saying this, but I mean this, like it's content, right? It's like, it's out there. It's in the digital space. It doesn't need immediate updating. You can update it really quickly, but if there's a problem, no one's going to deal. No one's going to deal with it. Do you sometimes feel like you have an emergency because a discord is like an undulating real time community of people that is constantly talking yes it's something that we've worked really hard on the team to curtail but we say the same thing like i say very often there are no discord emergencies even if the like worst case scenario someone on 
one of the dark sites that I, that shall not be named uh, mm-hmm. learns that Blazeball has like a really queer audience and wants to join the Discord and say a bunch of horrible things and all of us for some reason are asleep and don't see it for like three hours. Oh, geez. We can wake up and ban all of those accounts and mass delete all of their messages. And, you know, like it's, it would suck, but it's just words. And those words right. do hurt people, but those people can also close Discord until it's solved. Mm. And so... Well, do, do they? I Legitimate question, do they? It depends on the person. Um, right. Like, that's the kind of, that's what I'm trying to, like, deal, reckon with a little bit. Is yeah. like, you know, it's not like, oh, I'm going to put down this piece of art for a second and not interact with it. Or I'm going to stop this movie or stop playing this game. It's like, oh, in real life, even if it's on digital, someone's being mean to me and I'm not going to leave because it's like my real life. Yeah. It's challenging because I think that we're, get, we're getting into the the sauce now we're gonna get lost in it well this is the point it's the the, this is exactly what i'm talking about you're responsible for people other people's feelings as they interact with something that's not exactly a game it's like a it's an experience almost like an experience that where does the art end and it's just kind of like the place where you hang out yeah i what's hard is that all of the platforms that people use to participate in fandom are intentionally designed to encourage urgency Mm. Uh, and to train you to seek for that interaction and engagement, like whether it was intended or not, it is profitable to build structures that encourage people to engage more regularly on Twitter, on your phone, on, on Discord, because it's instant communication with thousands of people. You can always get that little dopamine ping. Mm. And so when we're when we're thinking about logging off or disengaging or stepping away from a piece of media, especially with a younger audience, it's a muscle that we have to help them build whether they want to build it or not. Mm. Um, so we, we've set up things, we call it the Discord day of play where every now and again, we just shut off posting for 24 hours. We say, you don't have to go home, but you can't stay here. Like mods are going to sleep, go hang out. We'll see you tomorrow. Tell us what you did. And so everybody just takes 24 hours off of no posting and they can go to other spaces. They can do whatever they want. Um, But it means that we're setting that boundary and the expectation that this space is something that we keep open to you and that you are welcome to, but is not something that we are obligated to curate exactly how you want all the time. And as long as you're cool with that, let's hang. We we really like a short mute too. Sometimes, <laughs> mute too, mute too. Anyway, um, <laughs> when when things get tense, like more, more often than not, the things that we're managing in the Discord are not like fights or like really sure. horrible conflict. It's just two people that are miscommunicating or like talking past each other and getting a little stressed out by it and just right. doing a like, hey, let's all take a break from this. Or, you know, we have safety tools in the Discord as well so that people are able to self-manage their conversations and call uh, a temp check, which is universal through the server and provides uh, like the green check mark, the yellow warning or the red stop sign. And if multiple people mark the red stop sign, that's a sign that this conversation subject needs to change, whether the moderators are there or not. And it's a way for people to sort of passively express comfort with what's going on in their space. Um, That doesn't work for every space. Obviously, there's definitely some bad faith ways for people to use that. But uh, if you have buy-in from the community and the community is interested in using it, 
Uh, it's really valuable to work with people to understand the boundaries that make a space comfortable and exciting for everyone. Hell yeah. See, you're so good at your job. Thank you. <laughs> See, Yay. I told you. You just proved it by talking about you it. Oh my God. You said a bunch of stuff. I hope people like it. You said a bunch of stuff. People love hearing it when other people talk about stuff. I love stuff. That's um, all podcasts are. Truly, yes. Everyone just loves talking about, about stuff. stuff. Yeah. I, I think it's it's really hard sometimes to put words to like these unexplainable or unknowable or like really intangible things that we feel. Like feelings and yeah. community and like games. I mean, we talk about this a lot of like, you know. Or I th- I think about this a lot, how you won't know if something's fun until you do it. And then it's like, how do I record the fun feeling in myself? And yeah. I know that that's really hard for video game developers to figure out, like, if something feels good or if it's fun. And, you know, trying to put any sort of words to, like, how to manage a community nicely is difficult as well. Like, about making other people feel good and putting rules that everyone needs to follow. So, like, the fact that you're trying to put or you do have the words to explain what you're doing is pretty tough. Yeah, I feel uh, very fortunate. This is not something that I thought that I would go into when I like studied in college, when I was at university. Um, I went into communications because it. I like to talk. Uh, if you have nice. noticed, maybe. <laughs> and the program that I was in did a really great job of sort of breaking down these larger social science concepts in different contexts. So. You'd learn about like how are friendships built and then like how do people form relationships with media characters and there's like a whole it's a whole field of study for that stuff. It's bonkers. But I studied that first and then I got to community management and I was like, Oh, oh <laughs> I'm taking theory and now I have to apply it. Yeah, Shit. I was like put, put cerebro on my head and I can see everything. <laughs> like I can pick it apart and rotate it in my mind like a cube. <laughs> this is how I think about my journey. No, that's <laughs> funny as hell. Charles Xavier, the first community manager. The first community manager. That's true. There were a lot of healthy boundaries and community management going on at the the school with all the X-Men. Yeah. And we can all learn something. First thing, get a mansion in Westchester County, New York. And then yes. you said. Step two, psychic powers. <laughs> yeah, that helps. It does. It certainly helps that you can just go into someone's mind for sure. Um, is there anything else you want to say about baseball? I think before I let you go, I, it's so unknowable and, and I don't want to say confusing, but just like intricate and complex. Yeah. Like the. That's for another podcast, maybe. Baseball's uh, <laughs> a lot of fun. If that, if a absurd horror baseball simulator is something that speaks to the audience, uh, we'd love to have you join us in the Discord and ask around. But uh, I'm just happy to be here chatting with you, Eric. Oh, well, I'm happy to be chatting with you. But unfortunately, we can't chat anymore because the episode is over. We're legally obligated to never speak again until I get another Google Calendar invite. <laughs> Again, the only way to make friends is to have them on your podcast. That's why so many people have them. That's true. That's true. I should start a podcast so I can make friends. No, don't do it. It's a curse. It's like being a werewolf or a vampire. But both of those things are cool and sexy. 
That's a good point. That's a good point. Think okay, about so yes. wake up America. <laughs> think about that. <laughs> these things are the same. These things, these things are exactly the same. One, becoming a werewolf. Two, becoming a vampire. Two, three, starting a podcast. Yes. Four, being cool and sexy, but not five counting. <laughs> so I can't do that. <laughs> No, 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 no. Uh, Bria, do you want people to find you on the internet? That's a complicated question. Uh, but if <laughs> folks do want to follow me, they can find me on Twitter uh, at the Void Encore or in Discord. If you're in the Blazeball Discord, I'm Slugger Crumbs. I'll see you out there, gamers. Yo, shout out to Slugger Crumbs. Yeah, Slugger Crumbs. That's me. Slugger Crumbs. Uh,. Listen, I love baseball. I love the work that you're doing. That's that's awesome. And thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you for having me. It's been a delight. Absolutely. Um, well, you can follow me. I want you to find me on Twitter because I don't have any legal obligations to anyone. Eric uh, has no fear. <laughs> except for being canceled for not liking dogs. Yeah. One fear. Or being cursed to be like an unsexy queer. Or vampire. I can't. I have a podcast. I'm well, fine. that's true. No, you're right. You're right. <laughs> I'm done. I'm, I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. You can find me on Twitter at L underscore Silvero, E L underscore S A L V E R O. My name, if I was a Lucha Libre wrestler, and listen to the rest of the episodes of Games and Feelings, and also join the party, the other show. Uh, we're starting our uh, our newest campaign for uh, Join the Party. It's a real fucking humdinger. And I'm the best uh, DM in podcasting, so you just might enjoy that. That's, that's true. That's true. You heard it here first, folks. I made a promise to myself in 2023 that I would just start saying it. Because, like, one, I believe it. But, two, I really just want to, like, do a full heel turn and yeah. just start saying it. Commit to it. I'm I'm making business cards for a conference that I'm going to, and I am making my subtitle The Bad Boy of Blazeball. So... That's very funny. You can be anything you want to be if you believe. <laughs> yeah. You can just say... You can just say you stuff. Just say much stuff. like... Like now, <laughs> Trixie McTell was like, I'm a skinny legend. And now everyone says it back to her. And that's awesome. And I want that. Yeah, I, I will, I'll make it happen. I'll support you. Yeah. No one has like challenged me all that much. Only one person challenged me and was like, mm, what about Matt Mercer? I'm like, that guy has a pretty face. And he, so he's on video, but I'm the best in podcasting. Brendan Lee Mulligan's going to show up outside your door with a glove and slap you across the face with it and challenge you to a DM off. He also has video, so I'm discounting him. It's fine. Okay. Also, he's so nice. He would never do that. No, he wouldn't. Unless, well, no, it's a competition. That man loves to win. So that's true. If you make it a competition, you're in for a fight. I will listen. I'm gonna have to make that happen. I don't want it to. Now I'm like, oh no, is I gonna get back to Brennan? He's gonna feel bad. Like I don't want that. No, Brennan, you're so great. <laughs> so nice. You're so nice. We, we can do. We, I'm the best. In, I'm the best DM in podcasting. But so are you. Like it's fine. Anyway, the point uh, is, you can hold hands, <laughs> and then you both can share the role. That's beautiful. Yeah, we're skipping or we're skipping around doing ring around Rosalie the whole time. It's that's what I dream about. Uh but yeah, listen to the games, listen to the games of feelings, listen to join the party, listen to all the other shows on Multitude. I hope you enjoy it. And thank once again, thank you so much, Bria. You're the best. You're the best. And I choose you. Friendship. Oh gosh. I have to go. <laughs> Games and Feelings is produced by Eric Silver and edited and mixed by Misha Stanley. The theme music is Return to French Toast Castle by Jeff Bryce, and the art was created by Jessica Boyd. Find transcripts for this episode and all episodes at our website, gamesandfeelings.com. Until next time, press X to enjoy the podcast.